Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Buckle up, strap yourself in, and get ready. Welcome to The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Friends, this is a great day for Alberta. Hope is on the horizon. We are renewing the Alberta advantage with this democratic decision made today. Tens of thousands of Albertans have decided to put the future ahead of the past, to focus on what unites us rather than what divides us. And I want to say to all the Wild Rose members and to Albertans, today is not the end of Wild Rose, but a new beginning where we are one step closer to putting power back into the hands of the ordinary working people of Alberta. You know who those voices belong to, right? The uh, candidates for the leadership of the new Alberta United Conservative Party. What are the names? I am. Jason Kenney, and Brian Jean. Brian Jean's going to be joining us at the top of the next hour. We'll talk to him about uh, how this campaign now for the leadership is likely to unfold. With more than 95% of members of Wild Rose and more than 95% of members of the conservative, progressive conservative party of Alberta uh, voting to uh, merge. Let's see. We have Joe McFarland, who's the news director of News Talk 770 in Calgary, our great chorus radio station in Calgary joining us. Hi, Joe. Good day, Roy. Long day for you yesterday? Uh, you know what, it was uh, It was certainly an interesting one. I think that there was not really a whole lot of surprise in the grand scheme of things. I mean, there's been so much talk about getting the two parties together. It was just a matter of whether kind of the extreme left when it comes to the, the PC brand and the extreme right on the Wild Rose brand could see past their differences. Because you have to remember, these are two parties that uh, were married at one point under the, the PC banner, and then uh, a, a certain segment of it that felt that the party had swayed a little bit too far to the left uh, left and, and became the Wild Rose Party. So this is kind of a, a marriage that was a divorce and now is back to being remarried again. And it'll be interesting to see how all the policy decisions and that shake out uh, over the next few weeks. Kind of a replay of the uh, Canadian Alliance and the Progressive Conservative Party of Canada on the federal level a few years ago. Yeah, absolutely. And and you look at the, the failed attempt even a, a few years, a couple of years ago when uh, Jim Prentice took over the leadership of the, the PC party and, uh, and now a radio host for, for News Talk 770, Danielle Smith, uh, jump ship from the Wild Rose, thinking that was going to be the way to, to kind of unite the conservative movement in Alberta. And that didn't go according to plan, obviously. And, and now they've kind of uh, done it formally. And, and now there's a lot of a lot of things that still need to work themselves out, and, and not the least of which being uh, who the new leader is going to be, uh, who's going to put their name in the hat. Is it going? Brian Jean's already said he's going to. Uh, Jason Kenney's been kind of uh, hit and miss. It's hard to tell whether or not he wants to run or not because the other wild card in it happens to be Derek Fildebrandt. And they see, I, I know Derek and, and Jason were fairly well known to each other. They were good friends. Uh, you wonder if they'd run against each other or not. And then there's another guy by the name of Doug Schweitzer, who's also uh, formally said he's going to run for the leadership. So a few wild cards there, and, and that leadership is going to be sort of what determines 
what the not just the fiscal uh, uh, things are going to be or fiscal responsibilities, that kind of thing, but also the social issues and how they're going to sort themselves out. So, uh, Joe, are you saying then there's some doubt as to whether or not Jason Kenney is going to run for the leadership of a new party? I don't think there is, to be honest. Now, what else but would he do? There's always that, there's always that question. It's, the wonder in, in some circles is whether he wanted to be the guy to um, just manufacture this deal. You know, be the brainchild, be the guy who made it, and then, yeah, and then, you know, if he were to back, let's say he does go and back Derek Sildebrandt, for example, or Doug Schweitzer, or whatever the case may be, then he's, they've got some solidarity there as well, and um, it's been no secret, I think, that there's been a little bit of a rift within the Wild Rose between uh, the leader, Brian Jean, and and the second-in-command, so to speak, with uh, Derek Sildebrandt. So what's that about, Joe? It's been kind of all over the map, and it hasn't really been said out loud as to what it is. There's a, a few that kind of already started to question just how conservative Brian Jean is in the grand scheme of things. Um, there's also the the there's been a, a little bit of discontent in certain ridings, and there was a, an issue I want to say about a year or so ago, uh, sort of the Lacklebish area, St. Paul, uh, kind of just north of Lloydminster, just a little bit north uh, northeast of Edmonton. Um, that there was there were some questions as to whether they wanted to have a uh, a leadership vote again, and it it kind of got a little bit. It took the headlines over in this province for for a week or so because was there a level of discontent with the Brian Jean leadership? Was he being upfront enough? That kind of thing. So it, it's hard to tell whether some of those ghosts will come back. So is this a is, it, is this leadership a comes through? But Joe, is this a testosterone fight? Great question. It'll be, and whether or not that testosterone fight is now over and they can get back to it, because I know yesterday um, there was a few questions raised about whether Phil DeBrown was going to back Gene. Um, and Gene basically said, listen, we're going to be, uh, I'm focusing on the positive. If everybody yeah. else wants to focus on the negative, that's fine. And so you're, you're already seeing some lines being drawn in the sand and where they're going to stand in terms of who they're standing behind. Um, the real real proof in the pudding is going to be when all these leadership contestants do stake their claim, Who, what kinds of policies are they going to back? What kinds of issues are they going to be standing behind? And, and that to kind of attract some of those who were sort of just right of center. So they have so about three the months. People they want to uh, appease to. Yeah, Joe, they have about three months to, to work all of this out, right? Yeah. That's when the leadership vote is going to be October the 28th? Yep. And, and begs another interesting question. I mean, there's been a, a few rumblings, and I don't know if there's there's any appetite within the governing NDP right now, but some people are saying, well, I wonder if there's going to be a snap election call. I don't think that there's an appetite for it, just based on the fact that the economy is still not quite where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Um, we all saw what happened when Jim Prentice called an election a, a year early. I don't think there's an appetite in Alberta to go and spend a, a few more million dollars to decide. But at the same time, as the, as the Wild Rose and PCs try to figure out who's sort of king of the castle inside the new UCP, uh, the question becomes, can the, can the NDP sneak by and call a snap election mm-hmm. while those two parties are still trying to hammer out their own issues? Joe, if you have all of these sidebar things going on, you know, you mm-hmm. have the Fildebrand gene issue, you don't know where, officially where... Jason Kenney stands. Where do the social uh, Democrats, if you will, I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not using the right term, but the social conservatives um, within the party stand? Where do the more conservative conservatives of the party stand? Question then for some people watching from the outside is going to be, 
Is this really a united conservative party, or is it a marriage of convenience put together in order to defeat the NDP? Um, and that's going to be, I think, something that's going to play itself out, and certainly something that I think the NDP is really going to hammer hammer home over the next little while in all of their... Uh, I know Sarah Hoffman was uh, talking last night. I didn't catch what she exactly said in terms of her reaction to this. Again, I don't think anybody was really surprised by the outcome yeah. of last night. Maybe I think there's a little bit of surprise in terms of the numbers, like 95% was sort of an overwhelming majority. It's a big number. It really is. And, and I, but there's been some talk about, you know, how many people voted. And, and then the sidebar to that is if you were a member of both, if you were a voting member of both parties, did you get two votes? Did you get one vote? You know, so there's, there's a few little sidebar issues on that front, too. The, the overwhelming majority, though, have said we need these two parties to work together in some way, shape, or form. And so it's really going to amount to who's willing to budge on certain issues, who's willing to bend a little bit to allow themselves to be looking like the big tent party that they say they can be. Yeah. If they can't get that far, then we're going to see exactly what happened when the Wild Rose were first formed, is that you're going to see some splinter cells for sure. You're going to see a few um, people that are going to be discontent with the way, with too much bending, either from the really social liberal side of the PCs or the real fiscal conservative side of the Wild Rose. Those two factions will probably have to bust off at some point. Um, but by the same token, I think there's there there needs to be that give and take in order to make this work. Okay, so now the question is, are Albertans ready to wave goodbye to the NDP? Or does the influx of new Alberta residents perhaps not make that as likely as we and the rest of Canada might expect? Well, and, and there's the other sidebar. and all, As you said, there's a lot of sidebars. Mm-hmm. And, and it, there really is. And, and you look at even the, demo, uh, the demographic differences between... Uh, in uh, that exists within Alberta. You have city folk who, I don't know how many people would be interested in Edmonton to vote conservative, uh, to be frank, because they've always, even federally, they've voted in NDP MPs. Um, they were very, the NDP is still polling very strong in Edmonton, despite, you know, what some people would think outside of, of uh, uh, Alberta. In Calgary, it's sort of a hit and miss proposition in a sense. You've got people who, see the, the empty buildings in downtown Calgary and go, we need to change that. But you've also got a few people that are still pretty happy. Their quality of life is unchanged. And then out in the out in the, the sticks, out in rural Alberta, you don't have a ton of people that voted NDP to begin with. So do, does the UCP stand to gain anything out of it from the rural Alberta standpoint? I don't think so. And so there's, and as you mentioned, in Calgary, I think it's a bit of a mixed bag because you have so many transplants, whether they're from Ontario or B.C. or Saskatchewan. Certainly some of these people have seen what the NDP governments have done in their other provinces, but yeah. it's not quite the same style of NDP that you do see in other parts of the country. Well, I tell you, and in the province... They know they have to lean a little bit further right than their friends across the country. Joe, in Ontario, you say NDP and people's hairs, uh, hair on the back of their neck still stands straight up. Mm-hmm. Just in memory, just a reflex memory of Bob Ray. It's the uh, it's the DNA fight or flight reflex. Absolutely, and, and uh, Saskatchewan, I think, is the same thing, right? Like you put up yeah. with how many years of that, and, and that's why Brad Wall does extremely well. And yeah. I think that might be something to look at in terms of what the what the new UCP stands for is okay. if they can kind of capture that same demographic that Brad Wall has in Saskatchewan, then maybe there's going to be a, a chance. But if they see, are seen as a party that continually have squabbles on the inside and can't seem to get their their head straight on some of the 
the bigger social issues that have kind of plagued the wild roads for for the last number of years. Uh, it's going to be a bit of an uphill battle, I think. Joe, thank you so much for the time. It's always good talking to you. Great analysis oh, of what's going on in your province. Always a pleasure. Joe always McFarland a pleasure is the anytime. Yeah, thank you so much. Joe is the uh, news director at uh, QR. Well, it used to be QR seventy seven News Talk seven seventy in uh, Calgary, our chorus radio station. There, also the assistant program director. So, mesdames et messieurs, um, Alberta now will have a dedicated conservative party. And they will run against the NDP. But it's not just in Alberta that things are happening politically. They're happening right across this country. And when we come back, I'm going to set the scene for you for a couple of, uh, a couple of questions I have to ask. Well, there's Alberta, there's Ontario, there's the most recent election in British Columbia, which is going to result in another election in the not-too-distant future, I would imagine, in B.C. There's also the federal election. Isn't that far away? You know, we're, they're all, we're already starting to see the maneuvering that's taking place. So I'll have some questions for you on the political side of things. And I have something else to talk to you about as well. Man, this is so annoying. Tell you about that when we come back. Stick around, please.